This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. Let's talk money today. Money's good. It helps. Absolutely, money helps. It's not everything. We know that, but it does help. It does help you buy everything. It does help you buy things. It, it helps you pay the bills. It helps you pay your people. It's really good when you are a for-profit business to actually earn a profit. So these are good things. I'm thinking let's talk financial strategy. And I realize that it's February and our listeners may be thinking, why are we talking financial strategies in February? Probably because in January, you have a hangover from the holidays and you're not there. And I've always considered January the free trial month. Netflix gives you that 30 days and now we're really into the first month of the year. So our free trial month is over. It's time to get started. Yeah, I just canceled a trial. I actually paid for it. I got like 10 days, but it was one of those fitness apps. And But what was really cool that caught my eye was it was like the five-minute chair workout. And of course, it showed the dude doing the chair workout. And I'm like, I can do that five minutes a day. Come on. And I don't love going to the gym and lifting weights, but I need to work out. And I went ahead and subscribed to this fitness app. And the first one I did, it about killed me. There was no chair in the entire routine. It was 100% me on the floor, rolling around, gasping for air. It was like a circuit training concept. And so there was a little bit of false advertisement there because it showed me the chair workout and then it put me into something else when I gave them my height and weight and age and did all that. I wanted the old man chair workout. I canceled the app. Long story short. And so, yes, January is definitely free trial month. The fitness apps that I keep seeing on my Instagram have to do with somatic yoga or somatic therapy. And it's all of this stuff about using motion to release hidden tension and trauma. And the goal is to make you cry out your emotions during all of these workouts. And I'm like, why am I going to pay somebody to use movement to make me cry and feel bad about myself and release and find trauma? And I'm like, I just want to work out. I want to be able to do a push-up that doesn't involve doing a push-up on the wall. I want to be able to do five push-ups. And I don't need trauma release to make that happen. Can't you just see me trying to do some kind of workout designed to make me sob? I just think the app builders today, there's whatever billions of people on the planet. Hey, we can get 5,000 people to pay $29.95 a month. Let's build this app. We'll do it globally. And if we do that, then we'll keep supporting it and keep it going. There's no rhyme or reason for why people come up with the concepts that they come up with. But this is exactly what we're doing out in society today. We're building stuff that, I don't know, why are we building some things? Why do we do that? I'm just trying to figure out what I put into the Google to make ads for this start popping up. And now I'm, I'm talking about it with my phone sitting here to the left and who knows what's going to start showing up as ads. I'm going right? to get an app myself for anger management or or something, I'm sure. So back to financial strategies. We are past our free trial month. 2024 is starting. And this is one of those places that we as agency owners have a tendency 
to jump right into working in the business instead of working on the business. And yes, we pay our bills. Yes, we do all of those things. But are we really financial planning for short-term success and long-term success? There's different agencies at different life stages. I know that we have a fair amount of listeners that are what I would call young independent agency life cycles. Now, they may have 10, 15 years experience in the insurance business or more, but maybe they've just been in the independent agency business or the ownership of an independent agency. That leap from producer to owner, we know that there's a lot of people out there that listen to this podcast specifically about that. So when you frame it that way and you understand that the reality of it is that so many young agency owners, they still treat their businesses like they were an employee or they were a producer. There is this movement to managing your business as a business, not just can I afford to buy this? What's the cash balance in my bank account? But what is your real cash flow? Understanding cash flow versus profit and loss. Those can be two different things. It can be different. That's one major element there is the cash flow versus just the P&L. And when you start there and then you understand and graduate and gravitate to, well, how do you prepare to hire your first employee or hire another employee or even afford a virtual assistant? big advocate of that. How do you know when you can afford to do that? And how do you make sure you don't make a hiring mistake and regret it three, four months down the road because you didn't understand your cash flow? Those are the things that are really important. Let's talk more about the relationship between P&L and cash flow. Okay. Profit and loss financial statement or income statement, another one of those areas where they've got multiple terms for the same thing or similar things. A profit and loss statement is basically, did your business make taxable income? Did you earn a profit? You can have situations, depending on whether you have any debt, that you're repaying an amortization of a loan. You can have other things like depreciation, which is a little less likely for insurance agencies because we don't have a ton of physical assets. Your hardware can't be depreciated unless you lease it. There's just lots of little things in there. And so there are non-expense outflows. If you've got a loan and you're paying that back and there's $550 worth of payment, but only $300 of that is actual principal balance, that's $300 not going to show on your expense side, but it's going to show on your cash outflow because you're going to pay this note, but it's not going to show up on the expense side. And so the profit and loss statement can lead you astray. I made $10,000 this month, but really and truly your net cash flow was only positive $5,000. If you're sitting there and looking at that and you don't understand the relational difference between the two and you only pay attention to your profit, your net income statement, then you could very easily go, okay, I made $10,000. I can afford to hire this person. Really and truly, you may not be able to hire this person yet because your cash flow was only $5,000 positive. I hate to say this, but there are a lot of new agency owners that don't study this and know this ahead of time. And they are running their business checking accounts and their business accounting just like they run their personal checking accounts. And I would actually probably go as far to say as eight out of 10 new business owners 
do business that way and don't realize that this whole idea of profit and loss and cash flow and all of those things, why they're important and how to do it. And insurance agents, you're not alone. It's other businesses too. We can probably categorize Tanya's statement across small business owners, okay? And I understand that you're a craftsman in a way. And a lot of times the entrepreneurial myth is you're really good at something. You have this incredible skill set. You're an incredible salesperson. You're an incredible welder. Whatever your business is, you're incredible at that thing but you're not very good at financials or accounting or something like that. This is not a fake it till you make it kind of area. Find you a CPA and meet with them regularly and pay them for their service because it will ultimately save you in the end. I really want you to learn it though. Shane, I don't need a CPA. I can use TurboTax to put my taxes together. They've got a great program, blah, 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 blah. I don't care about your tax situation. That is not why I want you to have a financial consultant. Now, it's going to make sense that they do their your taxes when it's all said and done. But really what I'm talking about is making sure that if you're using QuickBooks or you're you whatever you're using, if you're using a spreadsheet to manage your financials, then get help setting it up properly. When we built our house in 2004, moved in February of 05. Okay. So that's been a while ago now. When we did that, the individual that did our trim work, he was a man that I've known for a long time. When he showed up and I met him and we walked through the house and we talked about the trim work, I just noticed when he got there, I noticed the inside of his trailer was an immaculately organized trailer with every tool for trim work of any kind, building stairs, crown molding, baseboards, building a mantle over the fireplace, you name it. Mr. David had every tool known to man in that trailer and it had its place. He literally designed that trailer for the tools. And I said, my goodness, what tool do you not have? He goes, the only tools I don't have are the tools they haven't made yet. And I said, so you do all this trim work yourself? He said, mostly. He said, but in the beginning, the first day I ever tried to trim anything out, I didn't have the right tools. And it was a disaster. And it took me forever. And now that I have the right tools, I can do this efficiently. I can charge a fair price. I can make a good profit. The right tool means everything. I translate that to the right financial structure setup for you to manage your business at the beginning all the way through the exit or retirement level. Setting it up the right way and building a foundation, a financial foundation, whatever it's going to cost you to set it up is a great investment. If you were five or six or 15 years in and you haven't done this and you do hire somebody to come in and help you do it, listen to them. Yeah. The reality of it is that we hire people and then we disagree with them. We argue with them like, that's not what I want to do. Why'd you hire them in the first place? Turn that around. Think about that customer trying to tell you what they found on the Google, as Tanya would say, about the insurance policy that you're selling them. It's the same thing. You hire a CPA, listen to them, just like you would expect your customer to listen to you as the risk advisor, as the insurance advisor. One of the things to me on the cash flow management system is that once you've got one in place, it's a great way to help with cost cutting because we have business creep just the way we have lifestyle creep. 
your business will pick up subscriptions and services just like you do when you're watching your smart TV. We're going to try that 30-day Paramount Plus, or we want to watch that one specific game on ESPN. So we sign up for ESPN Plus, and then six months later, we have a two or $300 a month television streaming bill because we had that lifestyle creep happen. And so the same thing happens within our agencies. And yes, it sounds simplistic, but if you're not looking at your cash flow on a very regular basis, then you're probably spending money on things that are not adding value that are eating away at your profits. I know that's right. Personally, I use a product for a spending management kind of platform, spending management app. I don't love budgets. Now, setting up a budget and saying we're going to only spend X number of dollars on certain things, I know that's good, but budgets don't help most people. They cheat themselves. They're not disciplined with it. But for a couple of years now, and there was a predecessor app that I used before this, there was one called Envelopes and it went away. That was a spending thing. It's not really a budget. It's a spending concept and having a spending plan on a month over month basis. And when Envelopes decided to shut down and stop supporting their app, the Ramsey Every Dollar product kind of took over a lot of those users and built a few things into their app that were unique features of the envelope app. And now you have every dollar, just like it sounds, that works in a very similar way. And it allows you to set up a spending environment and you can connect it to your bank and your credit card. And it really keeps things on track. There's not an every dollar for your business. That would be really simple. Uh, but that's what a QuickBooks, that's what an accounting, a simple accounting software plan set up correctly by an accounting professional will do for your business. It will help you manage the spending. That's the most important thing because what happens to us, what we've talked about living out of your checking account, how much money do I have? Can I afford to buy this without really understanding what you have outstanding or what you have coming around the corner? That's what you're trying to do is you're trying to manage spending. The managing the spending is the key. I do want to second how great the Every Dollar app is. Super easy to use. I really love the desktop interface of it as well as the app interface with it. I've used it for several years. And on a personal financial basis, I do think that it's fantastic. Yeah. Another free tool that I'm going to give away is a, a learning tool that is really good. It's called Khan Academy. And Khan Academy is spelled K-H-A-N. So Khan Academy. And it is... This incredible app that has these layman's terms, dumbs it down a little bit for us, and it will have these videos. You can watch these videos. You can learn about cash flow statements. You can learn about financial statements. You can learn about all this stuff because here's the thing that I recognize and I am by no means a financial expert. My expertise comes from, I've been doing this for 28 years and I have a finance degree. So I went to school and studied finance. And so I was introduced to all of these things through my education. I understand that not everybody has that background. Most probably do not. 
I make statements sometimes that I forget when I say balance sheet, when I say journal entry, when I say profit and loss, cash flow. No, that's a liability. Oh no, that's an asset. When I talk about things like that with some folks, I get deer in the headlights. I understand. And I know that sometimes I do that. Khan Academy is not intimidating. Instead of scrolling Instagram or Facebook, watch a video on Khan Academy. It will pay dividends for your business. And look, we're not selling you this. This is free stuff. What advice do you give for preparing for when things go wrong? Or as Kiplinger put in an article recently, common financial calamities. First, I want you to breathe. I've made a lot of investments lately. And I would say lately over the last 12 to 18 months and continue to make investments, ongoing investments, even to the point that me, there's been some moments where I'm like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Did I overinvest? What am I doing? It can get away from you quick. So the first thing that I'm going to tell you is breathe. I'm going to tell you to get to a place, find a place, 30 minutes, an hour, something where you can just get everything down on paper just write it down. Get the spending identified. Something's gone wrong. Most of the time, it's overspending. It's that way in our personal lives. It's that way in our businesses. And if we control our expenses, especially as salespeople, we can always go make more revenue. We know that is a confidence thing for salespeople. The second thing is one of the ways to avoid that is don't get ahead of yourself. I know you got to spend money to make money in some cases. I get it. But how you spend money to make that money becomes really important. If you can't afford a marketer, there are services to do it on a fraction of the cost. And doing some of that is enough to get you to the next level. And the whole concept of growing an agency is just a series of surviving to get to the next level and then reassess. Reassessment is really, really important on a regular basis. I like the idea of the financial fire drill. Things happen, but if we take the time to look ahead of time, do I have a plan? Do we have a plan if something happens, if a spouse loses a job? Do we have a plan if after this hard market, what happens if it's followed up by a soft market? What does that look like for me? Doing some financial fire drills is a valuable tool. And I know that you're thinking in your head, okay, Tanya, I, I don't have time to take care of what's actually happening. How in the world am I going to find time to put this idea out there that how am I going to prepare for X, Y, Z that may or may not happen? And I'm not a negative person when it comes to this idea. I've got to think of everything that could ever possibly go wrong because whatever's going to go wrong is something I haven't thought of. But running those fire drills in your head or putting those fire drills down on paper for me helps me figure out, okay, maybe I need this, but I really don't have time to run the fire drill, you're going to choose what's really important in front of you. And, and you think that you don't have time for something. And I'm telling you, you can't afford to not have time for things like that. It's this elevation from sales rep, sales producer, employee to now you're the backstop. You're everything. You're the owner. There's nowhere else for it to go. And this became a really, oh, wow, kind of moment for me. When, unfortunately, when I lost my father and as a second generation agency owner myself, he was the backstop. And my life as an agency owner, as an insurance agent, did not exist without him for the first 20 years. When that was no longer there, 
it became its own me now. And when you come out of the EA world, otherwise known as captive world, you've got people, district managers, field managers, you've got all the way up to regional VPs and salespeople and consultants and all these people that are, they're holding you accountable. They're checking on you. They're making you do things that you don't love, which is why you wanted to go independent. But the one thing that's good about that environment is the accountability part. And then when you move into the independent agency system, you have to put that parameter around yourself. With interest rates being at a place that they haven't been in a really long time, a lot of agents take out a lot of debt when they're starting their agencies. And now they may be in a place that things are really tight. So let's talk about what we need to do to hedge against those fluctuations and try to maybe get back into some financial well-being when people feel like they're being backed into a corner. This is a great question and a great subtopic here because the cost of debt, yes, is more than it was five, six years ago. But over the course of history, the cost of debt is about normal right now. So that's the newsflash. The newsflash is cost of capital or your cost to take on debt is at best maybe 10% higher than average. Okay. There's nothing in here about the cost of debt today that says that you should just sit on the sidelines and grow in growing your business. I don't participate in that thought. I don't love debt. And so if we can avoid it, great. But it's sometimes it's unavoidable. If you save to buy your home until you can afford to pay cash for it, you may not be able to buy your first home until you're 55 years old. Was that the best thing to rate for your family? Not necessarily. Good debt is okay. Putting debt to work that's going to build an asset. I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. And I don't want the cost of debt to get in our brains is, oh, poor pitiful me, or oh my goodness, the sky is falling because interest rates have gone up. Here's the problem. It's what you do with that debt. And it's the amount of debt that you decide to take on from a ratio standpoint that is the real problem. It's not the interest rate. Is it bad that we provide in society student loans? The answer is no. There are opportunities, even though I've been on the record of saying that they've priced college to a point that you really have to think about it. Is there a trade that you can get into? Should you get into a trade? Should you consider insurance like a trade and get into it instead of going and spending $100,000, $120,000 on college? It's a valid question to ask, but student debt and student loans in and of themselves are not bad. But the problem is when you don't have the discipline around that student debt and you go buy a $500 purse with borrowed money that you're going to have to pay back one day, then that's dumb and that should not be done. And we can do the same things in our business. Borrowing money and then using that money for the wrong things or borrowing more money than you really need because people want to lend you money now. That is the area that I want you to recognize. It's not that the debt is bad. It's that the amount of debt that you decide to take on versus the income you have to support that debt is what is the most important piece. How much do we need in our emergency funds for our business? So this one's a little bit tricky for me because insurance after the first couple of years can be such a cash flow positive driven business. We get paid commissions and we get 
paid most of the time on written premium instead of earned premium. So we get that commission up front. And if we don't have a lot of cancellations, we get to keep that money all year. A lot of people would say six months worth of operating or 90 days worth of operating. That's kind of the standard answer is that. And then the other side of that is what's the risk? Early on, you need to have enough to survive. And I don't know what that is from agent to agent. Are you willing to sacrifice a little bit of your personal living standard? Do you have a spouse that has an income that can help support this while you grow? Do you have savings that you can have? How are you going to finance this? Are you borrowing from a 401k? What are you doing? And how are you going to fund getting off the ground? Having that emergency fund can be a little different depending on whether you're in month one or whether you're in month. 24 because it looks different. It looks different between those two scenarios. I like having at least 90 days operating in my cash. The other thing is if you are the 100% sole owner of the business, you don't necessarily have to keep that in the business itself because you could lend money to your business. You could infuse capital into the business in some way. If you have personal cash over here, keeping it inside the business isn't always 100% necessary. Looking at the rest of the year, what do you think is the number one thing from today's podcast that our listeners should implement? A spending plan. My version of a budget. A close number two would be making sure that you have cash flow statement and financial statement set up so that you can input a few numbers every month and it give you a healthy or unhealthy picture, depending on where you're at, of where things are in your business. Implementing that quickly and sooner rather than later, and then having that spending plan to follow because most spending plans do follow earnings or income. So in your business case, revenue. So if you know you're going to have $120,000 to spend over the next 12 months, then you need 10 to $11,000 of spending is your max. And if you look up and you've generated $15,000 a month in spending, but you only are going to be at the 10 or $11,000 a month revenue side, then either you're going to pull capital, borrow money, pull it from savings, pull it from somewhere, or you need to drop your spending. Do I have my spending under control? Because Man, and I'm a sales guy, and this has always been hard to me. And my wife is also finance, but she was the one that actually went to class consistently. And she was the one that had the real grades in the household, which is also why she's our accounting manager. She understands this and is very disciplined around this. I'm the sales guy. I'm the one that's, yeah, we can spend on that. Or yeah, we can invest in that. Before you let your salesperson personality take over. You've got to develop your spending expense control personality as a business owner. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Jimmy Johnson. Treat a person as he is and he will remain as he is. Treat him as he could be and he will become who he should be. Attitude to choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.